Well, I just want to welcome you, as, as Maria said. This is our annual uh, Thanksgiving communion service. So as you, you, I'm sure you've got the elements when you came in. Um, and so uh, I just want to share a few thoughts with you tonight, and then uh, we're going to have communion together. Uh, and then we are uh, go home and let you be with your family and get other, any other last-minute preparations you may have uh, getting ready for tomorrow. So if you have your Bible, we're going to spend a lot of time in Psalm tonight. Psalm 53, I'm sorry, Psalm 50 and verse 23 is where... I'd like to start uh, Psalm 50 and verse 23 as as we, we come together tonight and uh, focus again on, on Thanksgiving. You know, uh, Psalms is probably one of the main books that talks repeatedly about being thankful and Thanksgiving. Uh, and so we're going to look at a few scriptures from Psalms tonight. But Psalm chapter 50 and verse 23 says this, the sacrifice that honors me, this is the Lord speaking, the sacrifice that honors me is a thankful heart. The sacrifice that honors me is a thankful heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you. We start out again by thanking you. Lord, we don't want to just have a holiday of Thanksgiving. Lord, we want to have a thankful heart. Help us as we, we share and we get into this word and, and have communion tonight together to focus on you and all the wonderful things of Lord, both who you are, what you've done, your wonderful promises, so much to be thankful for, Lord. We love you. Bless this time, the remainder of our time in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I read something just this week that said that many Americans are not even celebrating Thanksgiving anymore. They see it as a pointless, even worn out holiday. Some even disagree that our founding leaders uh, were even godly people. And if you know a lot about the origins of, of, of Thanksgiving and whatnot, a lot of it centered around what we call pilgrims that were uh, born again Christians that came here to settle in this new land. But a lot of people are doing away with Thanksgiving altogether. And for me, it's not hard to believe. And it might not be for you either, because it seems like every year, is it just me or does it seem like every year Christmas movies start playing earlier? Does it seem like it's just me or companies start running ads about holiday sales earlier? Or even Christmas decorations that start getting put up earlier and earlier. Now, because it seems like Thanksgiving is getting passed over, uh, if you know me, my family and especially the staff knows how I feel about this. And Pastor Kelly's smiling over here. So, uh, I, I don't mean to, you know, I'm not picking on you tonight or anything, uh, but as you, I just, somebody sent me something this week that I thought was a perfect expression of how I feel when I see somebody setting up a Christmas tree before Thanksgiving, and here it is. This is a great visual. Boom. Right there. Yes. Yes. I, somebody, another pastor sent me that, and I'm like, that's it. When I see a Christmas tree go up before Thanksgiving... I just want to tackle it. Amen? So, hey, no offense if you put up your Christmas tree before, um, you know, Thanksgiving. And let's be honest, how many of y'all have a Christmas tree up right now before Thanksgiving? I figured that. It's about a quarter of the, of the crowd. And it, no, look, you know, no, no love lost, but, you know, I just thought I'd have fun. i have fun with that. Actually, it was, it was another pastor in town. We got invited to our yearly, uh, it's called a kingdom huddle where we, we get together once a month. The pastor's around town and they have a Christmas party. And when I told pastor, Bobby, Pastor Bobby Richard right down the road, I told him that I should be there. He sent me that just as a little fun. And I sent it to my wife. I'm like, oh my gosh, just as a visual of how I feel. And she's like, so let me see if Doug can put that up on Wednesday. And of course, Doug can. Doug is the man. So I was like, it's a great visual. So just a little fun. Yeah, thank you, Doug. Why don't we give Doug a round of applause? Come on now. Yes, Doug is the man. I am thankful for Doug, for sure. So, getting back to the message. (laughs) 
Remember the Lord said that a thankful heart is a sacrifice that honors him, right? Notice he said a thankful heart. Thanksgiving isn't just a holiday. And you've heard me say this for many years, and we should know this. It's a lifestyle, right? I preached a message one year that, that, that was entitled on a Wednesday, on this Wednesday night that every day should be Thanksgiving Day for the believer, right? Every day. We shouldn't have to wait for the last Thursday in November. As for the born-again believer, every single day should be Thanksgiving. God wants you and me to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Not only is living with a thankful heart honored to God, but it also helps us. Listen to this. I read this today. Scientists have discovered that gratitude is actually the healthiest emotion you can have. Isn't that crazy? There's nothing better for your health than the emotion of gratitude. Isn't that crazy? To be thankful. The emotion that you feel when you say, man, I'm thankful for this is one of the healthiest emotions you can have all the way around. Isn't that a blessing? Why, why do you think the Lord, and we're going to see, continues to tell us to be thankful. So tonight I want us to look at why our life should be a thank you note to God or a, a, a thank you gift. We're, before we get to Christmas, leading up to Christmas, we're going to be giving gifts. Why our life should be a gift of thankfulness to God. Number one, because of who God is. We really, it's our duty to be thankful because of who God is. Psalm 145, 3. And I have a lot of scriptures tonight. I'm going to go through them quickly. The Lord is great. He is worthy of our praise. No one can understand how great he is. If God is big enough to create the entire universe, he's worthy of gratitude. Wouldn't you say? If he's big enough to create everything that, that we know, the, everything that, I was watching a movie about the Apollo 13, a few, and just, you know, those guys going into space and seeing, man, and God created all that with his breath. And that's just, we're just in one galaxy. It's amazing when you think of the expanse of space. If God could create all of that with his, with his words, he's worthy of gratitude, right? Psalm 97, 12 says, give thanks to God as you remember how holy he is. What does holy mean? Well, it means he's pure. It means that God is perfect. It means that there's nobody like him in the entire universe again, right? It means that he's faultless. He's flawless, right? That's what it means. It says to, to remember to give him thanks because because he's holy. Psalm 107, 8 says this, give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. Listen, no one will ever love you the way God does. No man will ever love you that way, and no woman will ever love you the way that God does, right? I remember I had a, a friend that told me, now this is true, that nobody will ever love you like Jesus and your mama. And that's, that's right, you know, so, and I could testify to that, 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 that Jesus and, and, and your mom, for the, for the most part, like my mom, she was just full of unfailing love. But nobody, even my mom, as awesome as she was and as Christ-like, nobody will ever love us like God will, right? The only reason there's love in the universe is because God is love. If God was not a loving God, we wouldn't even know what love was. We wouldn't even know how to express it. When people say, man, I thought God was the God of love. I thought, well, how could he do this and that? To, for you or me to even understand what love is, it's because God is love. So when people try to put that, well, God's not really a loving God, we wouldn't even understand love if it wasn't for him. Because God is love. We wouldn't be able to give or receive love. The only reason we can give or receive love is because we're made in God's image. God is love. We're made in his image. That's why we're able to give and receive love. So we give thanks to God because of who he is. Next thing is Psalm 7, 17. I will thank the Lord because he is just. So not only is he loving and, and kind, but he is just. What does just mean? It means he's fair. It means he's unprejudiced. He's unbiased. Just means he always does what is right. God never, ever does what is wrong. 
We can definitely thank him for that, right? Because people say that, man, God's a forgiving God, and he is. We'll talk about that. But he's also a just God, right? He's totally fair, totally. And that's why, at the same time, God loves us where we are, but at the same time, there's consequences for sin, and God, there is also, uh, you know, a, a punishment for sin. But we'll talk about that. That's why he loves us so much that he made a way for us. But he is just. Psalm 54, 6 says, I will thank the Lord because he is good. God is good, y'all. He's still good. He's a good God. Everything in life that is good comes from a good God. If God was not good, there would be no good in the universe. This would be a universe devoid of good things, good times, good taste, good food, good looks. Everything that is good in life comes because we have a creator who is good. Actually, I heard somebody say recently, you know, we say God is good and God is great. And he's actually both. God is good. You know, God is good in, in the sense of this. He's good to us, but he's also great in the sense of, you know, creates the universe. He's all powerful and whatnot. So if God was just great, he would be all powerful and almighty and could do what he wants. But, it, but if he wasn't good, then he wouldn't be loving and kind and tender. Now, if God was just good and not great, he would love us and be kind and forgiving, but he wouldn't have the power to do all the things he does. So you remember, God is both good and great. Amen? Look at Psalm 118.1. Tell the Lord... How thankful you are, and, this, and I kind of got a little ahead of myself. Tell the Lord how thankful you are because he is kind and always merciful. So you see this? Remember, this is, this is talking about God's character, who he is. We're going to talk about what he does in a minute, but this is who he is. He's, he's both loving, he's kind, he's just, he's merciful. This means that he is never not merciful. He is always merciful. Listen, some of us grew up with parents who were inconsistent. Sometimes they were kind, but sometimes they weren't. Sometimes they were merciful, and sometimes they weren't merciful. Sometimes your parents were loving to you, and sometimes they weren't. Sometimes they were gracious, and sometimes they weren't. Listen, let me say this tonight. Inconsistency creates insecurity. Inconsistency creates insecurity. So guess what? An inconsistent parent creates insecure kids. Inconsistent parents create insecure kids. But the Bible says that this is not true about God. God is always kind and he's always merciful. So you don't have to worry about God being consistent. He's constantly consistent. Amen? And that's why the Bible says his mercies are brand new every morning. He's consistently good, kind, merciful, and just. That's who he is. And I mean, there's many, many more. So how do I show thanks for this kind of God who is loving and holy and just and good, who is kind, who is gracious, and who is great? The Bible says there's two ways. Number one, and we just hopefully did this. Hopefully you just was a part of what we just did. And that's singing from your heart. Psalm 147.7 says, sing out your thanks to him. Sing praises to God. Isn't that good? Sing out your praises to God. Now let me ask you a question. Does your tone of voice make a difference when somebody wants to say thank you? Yes, of course it does, right? And those of us that have children, right? When we tell, you know, our children, hey, tell your sibling thank you. The tone of voice has everything to do with it, right? They could be like, thank you. You know, or, oh my gosh, thank you so much. You know, right? When your kids tell you thank you, like you give them something, you do something. It's like, hey, what do you say? Thank you. You know, it's like, well, they said it, but they didn't say it from their heart, right? When we sing, we shouldn't sing with just our mouths, but with our heart. 
our thankfulness. It says, sing your thanks to God. We should be, every time you worship, not just at church, at home, wherever you sing, and it should be a singing of thankfulness that should come up from you. Don't just sing with your mouth, sing with your heart. So one, sing from your heart, and two, give thanks to God in prayer. And this is very simple. Psalm 105, one says, give thanks to the Lord and pray to him. This is simply telling God thank you. Again, now with the right heart in the sense, the right mode of the right tone, telling God thank you through prayer. So the very first reason God wants us to live with a grateful heart is because of who he is. He is worthy of our thanksgiving. Amen? Wouldn't you agree? Because of who he is. Now when it comes to praise and worship, we say this often. We worship God because of who he is. Everything we talked about and more. And then we praise God for what he's done. If you notice, and we'll look at that, you praise him for what he's done. You worship him because of who he is. He's holy. He's just. He's righteousness. He's loving. And then we praise him and thank him for what he's done, which is our second reason. Number two, we should live with a grateful heart because of what God has done. Because of what God has done. Psalm 52, 9 says, I will thank you, God, forever for what you have done. Come on, we know that God has done millions of things, right? Millions and millions and millions of things that we can be grateful for. Isn't that right? The fact that we're still here today and our hearts are beating, we can thank God, right? That, that we're still alive, we're breathing, we made it here. We all of us got clothes on, we have an AC blowing, we have vehicles and, and whatnot. We got so much on and on and on that we can go for. Most of us are going to sit down to a nice meal tomorrow, right? Some of us are going to sit down to a nice meal tonight just to taste to make sure that meal is going to be right, right? Some of y'all is on quality control duty tonight, I can, right? So much to be thankful for. First, let's look at he created you. You ought to be grateful for that, right? We talked about that earlier. He created you. Psalm 148.5 says, let all things praise the name of the Lord because we were created at his command. Again, he created all the universe, but his most prized possession was us. That not only did that he creates you and me, but then he saved us. He didn't just create you, he saved you so you can live with him forever and ever and ever throughout all eternity. Psalm 914 says this, I will praise you and rejoice because you saved me. Also, we can thank the Lord because he answers our prayers. Amen. Psalm 118, 21 says, I praise the Lord for answering my prayers. Next, we can thank God because he gives our life direction. Some of you in here tonight, as we're closing up another year, you may need direction in your life. You might have something you're praying about. You need some wisdom. You need some guidance. You need some direction. Well, listen, we can thank the Lord because he guides us. Psalm one, uh, 16, I'm sorry, Psalm 16, 7. Told you there'd be a lot of Psalms in here. I praise the Lord because he guides me. How many of y'all need guidance tonight? And I need some guidance. I need some wisdom on what to do, what kind of, I have a decision I have to make next season in life. How does he guide us? He guides us through the word, through the Bible. He guides you through biblical teaching. He guides you through circumstances. He guides you through other godly friends. That's why we always say you're getting community, relationships, life groups. There are lots of ways God guides your life. He maybe gives you an idea or gives you some kind of impression or leading. So now, how can I show thanks for what God has done for me. We showed the two ways we can give thanks for who he is. Now, how do we give thanks for, for, for what God has done for me? Well, there's a lot of them, but I just want to give you one tonight. And one of the most important ones, I think, is by telling others the good news about Jesus Christ. Just as the Lord created us and saved us and, and, and has, has uh, you know, been kind and merciful to us, we need to thank the Lord not only with our lips, but by what we do by telling others the good news 
the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah 12, 4 says this, Thank the Lord and praise his name. Tell the world about his wonderful love. Listen, when you experience the unfailing agape love of the Lord, we should want to tell the world what he's done. Not only thank him, but we thank him by telling others, by, by sharing others this wonderful love and mercy that we've been extended. You know, one of the ways you can show your gratitude to God is to tell somebody else. When something good happens to you, don't you want to pass it on, right? I begin to think about this today. That's one of the reasons why social media is so popular. Because you can share everything good that happens to you online with a click of a button, right? You can easily just say, man, look what's going on. Boom, post, you know, send a button, post, upload, whatever. Send it, right? Or you can send a mass text. You can, I mean, look, I got, I got what I was feeling came out in a visual and through a text this, 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 just this week, right? If you don't tell your story of how God came into your life and about how Jesus Christ has changed you, listen to me here, your story will never be told. If you don't tell your story about how God has come into your life and how Jesus Christ, really the right word would be transformed your life, your story will never be told. You know why? Because you're, on, you're the only authority on you because God comes into people's lives in a different way. You are the ultimate authority of your story. I can't tell your story and you can't tell mine. I mean, yeah, sure, you can recite the facts, but I can't tell Blue's story with the same impact that it's going to have when Blue tells it. Because why? Because God transformed Blue through that story, right? He transformed Mr. Rex and everybody else in here that's had a total transformation with God. You're the only one that can tell your story. And look, it's been said many, many years. I mean, I'm giving a lot of scriptures and stuff. When I teach the Next Steps class, we talk about sharing and sharing the gospel. And some people are intimidated like, well, but Brandon, I don't know, man. I, I don't know enough about the Bible and stuff. But listen, I've heard this many years. People can try to argue the Bible with you, but they cannot argue with your story. They can't argue. Now, they'll try. I have to say this. When I first gave my life to Christ and I talked about how the Lord delivered me from drugs and alcohol, I had a friend that I used to do drugs with. We were working together. And I said, man, and they, they were getting high and he offered me some. I said, no, nah, man, I'm good. I don't. The Lord saved me and he delivered me from that. And he's like, and he's like, Lord, to deliver you, you just decided to do that. I said, man, I tried many, many years. I'm telling you. This is because of the Lord. This is God that did this in my life. And I was able to share with him my story. You need to share your story with others. Listen, I'm telling you, I've been in full-time ministry this month now for 14 years. I've preached many of sermons. And I've, I've, I've preached many sermons with all kinds of scriptures and, 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 and did work on it. But when I share my story, literally 30 seconds sometimes, a minute, I can't tell you how many times when I get off of the stage, somebody comes to me and they don't say, man, that was a great message, man, thank you for that, that scripture. I get, what, what, every time I share my story, somebody comes in and says, thank you for sharing your story. I'm going through the same thing right now. And that gives me hope. There's something powerful, powerful about your story. So listen, one of the ways we can give gratitude to the Lord is by sharing the gospel. And the best way is to share your story. How did Christ come into your life, save you, and transform you? Listen, we're moving into the Christmas season. This is another great way. People around you are more open to coming to church at Christmas time than any other time of the year. Well, it's Easter as well. Usually it's Easter and Christmas. So I got a challenge for you. Who are you planning to bring to church next month? 
If you hadn't thought about it, I want you to start thinking about it. I want you to start inviting people as well. You can tell them your story. You can also invite them. We're going to have some special things coming up next month. Actually, just next week, those of y'all, how many of y'all appreciate Kinetra and her gift of worship and our heart to worship the Lord? Well, as, as you heard Sunday, and you probably, it's, it's, it's on social media, that Kinetra and the Academy of Dreamers are going to be having their Christmas, oh, she, Christmas miracle tour uh, uh, next Wednesday night. So they're going to be doing a lot of Christmas music, but also some of their original songs and a night of worship. So next Wednesday night, it's going to be a whole night of just Christmas music and worship. Hey, listen, invite somebody. Ask them, hey, because technically it is. It's, it's a Christmas tour. Say, hey, you want to come to a Christmas concert with me? Where's it at? What well, happens to be at my church, you know, right? So you can invite them. Hey, you know, we invite them to, to, to Kinetra's Christmas uh, you know, worship night next week. I mean, listen, invite them to our Christmas service. Again, heavy on uh, music, but we're going to have the gospel presentation. We're going to be concluding our series and lessons from Israel. Pastor Ty just kicked off. Pastor Kelly's going to be doing uh, week two on Sunday, and we're going to be concluding that day. The Lord spoke to Pastor Ty something fresh about the birth of Jesus, why he was in Israel this year. So listen, we're going to have a bunch of wonderful Christmas music and worship. But Pastor Ty is going to be sharing, presenting the gospel through what the Lord showed him why he was in Israel this year. Come on, somebody. Who are you going to bring to church next month, right? Share your story. Invite people to come out. It's one of the ways you can show gratitude to God. The third reason why we should live lives with grateful hearts is because of what God has promised. Not only because of who he is, because of what he's done, but what he has promised. Psalm 71, 22 says, I will praise you because you are faithful to your promises. How many of y'all know that God is a faithful God? He's faithful to his promises, that he's promised that hadn't happened. I heard one pastor say years ago, he was praying and he said, God, your credit is good with us, Right? He's a faithful God. He's faithful to his promises. God has not finished doing good things in your life. He's going to do more. He has good plans for your future. How do we know what God has in store for your life? Because they are written in all these promises in the Bible. It's estimated to have about 7,000 promises in the Bible. Did you know that? There's an estimated 7,000 promises. You say, well, man, I don't know all of them. Well, listen, you just start finding them out. That's like having an insurance policy and not knowing what's covered in them. You need to find out what some of these promises are in God's word for you and for me. Let's look at a few of them. John eleven twenty five. Jesus, I'm only going to go over about 5,000 tonight, okay? John eleven twenty five. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live again. Nobody else has promised that we'll live forever with the Lord as Jesus did. Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave you and I will never abandon you. I know around the holidays, it gets hard. Sometimes people feel alone. They feel isolated. Thanksgiving tomorrow, Christmas next month. And they feel all alone. Listen, the Lord promises, I will never leave you nor abandon you. I will be right there with you. He says, even when your father and mother abandon you, I will hold you close. These are promises, y'all. These are promises. And then, of course, Matthew 6, 33, Jesus says this. What you should want most is God's kingdom and doing what he wants you to do. This is God's will. Then, this is Jesus speaking, then he will give you all these other things that you need. He says when we, we seek God first, remember the order, as, as even in this outline, when we seek the Lord for who he is, and then we begin to seek his kingdom and his purpose and his passion for us and, and our lives, he says he promises he will give us 
everything that we need. Isn't that an awesome promise, y'all? So I just want to encourage you tonight, before we take communion, as I do every year, don't just let it be about tomorrow. Listen, don't get caught up in the commercial hype and Passover Thanksgiving. One every day should be Thanksgiving, but it's good to take a day to stop before you go run over people on Black Friday to try to get a sale and say, Lord, I'm thankful. That's another thing. Black Friday starts on Thanksgiving night, right? Now now it's like online, so it's just crazy, crazy, crazy. So, okay, I'm, I think I'm done. I, I, Pastor Kelly, I think I, they've been hearing it for about a month now. And I think tomorrow, I even thought tomorrow night, listen, I'm going to confess, you'll hear it here first. Tomorrow night, I'll be driving back home, and I'm probably going to put Christmas music on my truck, okay? So, officially Thanksgiving night, that's the threshold for me, all right? So, y'all can, I'm, I think I'm officially off my soapbox now, all right? But I want to encourage you to live a life of gratitude and thanksgiving to the Lord, amen? That's your gift to him. You know, you've heard it said this for many years, you know, uh, uh, it, our life is a God's gift to us. What we do with it is our gift back to him, right? One of the main ways to, to gift God all year round is by being thankful. Matter of fact, in Thessalonians, it says that be thankful in everything for this is the will of God for your life. I've told people that be like, man, I don't know the will of God for my life, man. I'm just this and that. Be thankful. The Bible clearly spells it out. That's the will of God is that we live thankful lives. And again, when you look at even the scientists are figuring out physically, psychologically, emotionally, that's the greatest emotion you can have is being thankful because it's content. The Apostle Paul says, I've learned to be content with whatever state that I'm in. He said, I've learned to live with much or with little. It's, it is learned, especially in our society where we can get anything basically at our fingertips, literally. You can order anything. You can call. You can look up anything. You remember when you was a kid? I can remember when I was a kid. You would think of something like, man, what what year did we fight like in the Korean War? And I'd ask my dad or something. He'd be like, I don't know. Let's call Uncle So-and-so. You remember those days? You'd have to call somebody that might not. Now anything you think of, you pick up your phone and Google it, right? So that's bred in us a discontentment. So I just want to encourage you. It's learned. If you feel like you haven't been thankful or content, we're going to take communion here in a minute. And as we pray, I want you to pray about that and repent. Ask the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. We have so much to be thankful for, right? So much. So let's live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. As you walked in, you should have got the elements of communion. If anybody does not have a com- the, 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 the juice and the bread, can you raise your hand and the ushers are going to come around? Brian, anybody else? My brother right here. Anybody else? We've got a few over here. We're going we're gonna to wait, as the Bible says, to everybody served. We always partake in communion the night before Thanksgiving. It's our, our, our tradition here, our annual that's why we call it our Thanksgiving communion service. Uh, but as I was studying today, I, I'm just I'm glad I came across this. We celebrate. And hold on to the cup. Yeah, don't don't peel it open or anything. Now just listen. We celebrate the Eucharist. Which you know what the Eucharist literally means? It means Thanksgiving. What the Eucharist means? It means to receive with Thanksgiving. If you remember, there's another young man right here in the front of uh, Freddie or one of you guys that doesn't have a, a communion. Keep your hand up, sir. So they can see, yeah, there you go. It means to receive with thanksgiving. That's what Eucharist means. You remember, we're going to read a little bit of it. Jesus, when he broke the bread, what did he do? He broke the bread and what did he do? He gave thanks. He gave thanks. So what is the Lord's Supper? Number one, it's a reminder. Luke twenty-two nineteen. Then Jesus took some bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to the apostles saying, This is my body, which I am giving 
for you. Do this to remember me. It's a reminder. It's a reminder. It, it, it reminds us of what Jesus did. He died on the cross. His body was broken and bruised for us. He shed his innocent blood so we can be forgiven. Number two, second, it's a symbol. It's really, in, in essence, it's an object lesson. It's a picture. He says that his bread represents his body and the wine represents his blood. Look at Matthew 26, 26 through 28. While they were eating, Jesus took some bread and thanked God for it and broke it. Then he gave it to his followers and said, take this bread and eat it. This is my body. Then Jesus took a cup and thanked God for it and gave it to his followers. He said, everyone of you drink this. This is my blood, which is the new agreement that God makes with his people. This blood is poured out for many to forgive their sins. When Jesus said that, he wasn't meaning literally because he hadn't gone to the cross yet, right? That, that, that wasn't his body. His body was broken on the cross sometime later. Look at it this way. If I grabbed my phone and showed you a picture of Cassie and said, hey, look, this is my wife. I think all of y'all would understand, right, that my phone is not my wife. Isn't that right? You would understand, oh, that's a picture of your wife. My phone and that picture on there is not my wife, correct? It's the same thing here. It's a symbol. He said, this is my body. This is my blood. It's a symbol. It's a picture of what he was talking about. Then, lastly, it's a statement of faith. Did you know that every time you take communion, you're publicly saying, I believe Jesus Christ died for me? I don't think I've ever said this before. If you don't believe that, then don't take the communion tonight. If you don't believe in your heart, that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, then it would be better that you don't take the communion. But before we do, I'm going to give everybody a chance to do that if you haven't. 1 Corinthians 11.26 says this, For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until He comes again. So it's a reminder. We're remembering what Jesus did. It's a symbol of His body and blood. And it's also a statement of faith, of faith. It's announcing, and I love this, that Jesus died, and we do this until he comes again. So really even Paul's looking forward to him coming back. So in all essence, it's a statement of faith that Jesus died for our sins, was buried, was rose, rose from the dead on the third day, and that he's coming back again. So really, it encompasses all that. It's a true statement of faith. And it's simple. We don't have to overcomplicate communion, right? But it's, it starts with thanksgiving. Remember, Eucharist means to receive with thanksgiving. I read two or three scriptures. Jesus, when he broke it, he broke it with thanksgiving. They were receiving the bread and the cup with thanksgiving. And that's what we're going to do tonight. But as I just said, there might be something here tonight. You said, Brandon, you know, I've never made a, a, a public statement of faith. I don't even know if I made a decision or a statement of faith, uh, a decision in my heart. Or that I, I don't even sure that I, that I believe that Jesus died for my sins. But he did. All of us have sinned. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. And that the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God, you know that we about to enter into Christmas, you know gift giving was God's idea. The free gift of God is salvation through Jesus Christ because he so loved his son that he what? Gave. I mean, he so loved the world. I'm sorry. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever would believe, that word believe means to trust would not perish, but have everlasting life. Remember we said God saved us so we can live with Him forever? So do me a favor, just bow your head right where you're sitting. Close your eyes before we, before we have communion.
Because again, I want everybody to partake in communion. But communion is for the believer, for the born-again believer that has placed their trust in Jesus and has accepted the free gift of salvation. And you start by repenting of your sin. Repenting is acknowledging that I have sinned in my life and that we need to turn away from our sins and turn to Jesus to save us. So with nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, you know what? I've never truly believed or accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've never repented of my sins, confessed them and repented, which means to rethink, to turn away and turn to the Lord. But tonight, before we have communion, if you say, Brandon, I want to do that tonight. I want to make sure that I'm right with the Lord, that I'm in right standing. I want to believe. If that's you, nobody's looking around. I just want you to slip up your hand and we're going to pray together. If that's you tonight, we're going to pray together. You say, Brandon, I want to receive the Lord. I want to believe in him tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Ma'am, I see your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? I want to I wanna believe. Thank you, Father. All right, well, we're going to pray with my sister over here. Anybody else, if you didn't raise your hand, I want you to pray with them. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So let's all pray together with our sister right now. Lord Jesus, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for dying for us. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. I turn away from it and I turn to you. I make you my Lord and Savior. Now give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. I surrender all. I welcome you into my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Come on, why don't we rejoice with these? Thank you, Lord. Ma'am, and anybody else, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe it's been a while, there's a card in the pew in front of you. It says, I made a decision. Go ahead and fill that card out. You can bring it up to one of us up here or in the info center on your way out. Now, let's go ahead and open the, the top of the cup. And just a little uh, just a little plastic part that has the bread. Come on, let's, let's open it with thanksgiving, as Jesus did. Later, Paul did in Corinthians. Paul was reciting with what he learned from the Lord. Well, let's just stop now. Maybe maybe you haven't been thankful. Maybe you haven't been content with life and things in, in your life. And what all that the Lord's done. I mean, I just gave you a snapshot of who God is, what he's done, his wonderful promises. Y'all, we can all find a lot to be thankful for, right? So maybe you need to repent tonight and just ask the Lord to forgive you before you take the bread. And just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not being thankful the way I need to be. Not realizing all the who you of who you really are. And what you've done and all your wonderful promises. But Lord, we, 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 we start tonight. We make a decision to live our life as a gift of thankfulness to you. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying. Thank you for your body being broken, bruised, that, that, that you bore stripes on your back so we could be healed, healthy, and whole. We thank you for your body that was given up for us, Lord. We remember you tonight and look forward to you coming back, Lord. Let's eat together. Jesus. Now let's go ahead and open the cup. Bible says, even though our sins was as red as crimson, he's washed them as white as snow. And he did that through his precious blood that the, the juice symbolizes. Let's thank him for our sins being washed away. Not just covered up, but he washed them away. Let's thank him tonight. Lord, we thank you for any other sins that, 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 that you've washed away. You might need to repent. You might have something else you want to come clean and confess with tonight. And just say, Lord, I lift this up to you. I'm sorry for sinning. I repent. 
Thank you that your mercies are brand new this morning. Thank you for your blood that has washed us as white as snow. Uh, we remember tonight all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're going to do. And once again, we look forward to the day we're going to spend all eternity with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's drink together. Amen. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me, and we're going to close out in a word of prayer. So good to be with y'all tonight. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for my church family. I love the church. I love y'all. You guys, y'all are a blessing. Everybody tuning in online couldn't be here tonight. I just want to pray God's blessing and grace upon you as you go tonight and as you join with your family tomorrow. I hope it'll be a blessed, restful, relaxing day, whatever you do. Father, we thank you for who you are, for all that you've done, and for your wonderful promises. Lord, we just love you. With all of our hearts, we want to continue to grow and know you more and love you better. Lord, I pray your blessing, grace, be upon these as they leave tonight. As they go be with their families this evening and tomorrow, whatever they do, if they're traveling, give them traveling mercies, Lord God. Watch over them. Anybody that may be sick, we pray you would heal them, raise them up off of their sick bed so that they can be, uh, Lord God, healthy and be able to uh, enjoy their day and their rest of their time off this week, Lord. Help us to give all that we have to you and to others as a gift of thankfulness give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful day tomorrow. Happy Thanksgiving. See y'all Sunday.